We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com live postgame show slash podcast. My, oh, my. The Lakers win in overtime against the New Orleans Pelicans. Took a buzzer-beating three from Matt Ryan to send the game into OT. Man, that would have been a brutal loss. Lakers up 16 at one point. Almost gave the game away, but heroics by Matt Ryan saves the day. Lakers get the win in OT 120. To 117. Some quick stats here on the night from the Lakers side of things. 20 points, 16 rebounds, four assists from Anthony Davis, plus four, four blocks. LeBron, 20, 10, and 8 with a couple of blocks. Then you had Troy Brown chipped in with 15 points, 10 boards, 28 big points from Lonnie Walker. My goodness, including five of nine from deep. Big performance from him. Russell Westbrook. I thought he was playing well. Surprised he didn't actually get more minutes. 13 points. Nine assists, seven rebounds for Russell Westbrook as well. This was, you know, we've talked a lot about how the Lakers need some of the other guys to step in, some of the other guys to do stuff for this team to help them win games. And we saw that tonight. The Lakers had other guys step up and help them out. It was not a perfect game in any way, shape, or form. This was. A little bit of a mess. It was a sloppy game early on. The Lakers almost gave up a big lead, and especially they did it at the end of the third quarter. We'll chat a bit about that. So by no means was this a perfect performance by the Lakers, but Lonnie Walker stepped up big in this one. You saw uh, Troy Brown Jr. stepped up big in this one as well. Again, 10 big rebounds from him, 28 points from Lonnie Walker, and then Matt Ryan with the game-tying three, sending it into overtime. And then the Lakers took care of business from there. So that, from that perspective, was great to see so many of the other guys, not LeBron, not AD, step up and give the team the boost that they needed to ultimately get the win. All right, as you guys can see, it is a solo show tonight. Sean Davis was with me on the live stream, but he was feeling a little bit under the weather. So it's just me and all of you coming in to talk about this Lakers win. I'll be taking your questions and comments. So if you're coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, welcome in. Uh, do me a favor, everybody. Make sure over on Apple Podcasts that you go over, you give us a five-star rating and review. Even if you tend to watch the YouTube channel, 
go subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. Helps us out with our ranking and everything for the show. Would really appreciate it if you guys would take about 20 seconds and do that. You can wait till after the show, of course. But let's get into some of your questions, some of your comments from this one. Sam said, I stopped watching after Lonnie's missed three. Went back on the phone two minutes later and the game is still going. WTF. Sam, you are not the only one. In our live stream on playback of the game, we do our Lakers Nation live stream. So there's a cap on how many people can be in the room. And what happened was after that shot, a lot of people left. And then all these other people were able to get back in after the Lakers found their way back into the game. Uh, We were sitting at, we were at our limit pretty much the entire night. And then suddenly a bunch of people left uh, just a little bit too early and they wound up missing uh, the overtime. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure you are not the only one. I'm sure there were a number of Lakers fans who turned the game off and are going to be seeing the score and they're going to be shocked about what happened. It was one of those games where you really had to watch all the way until the end. Uh, Mario Hernandez says, if I'm the Lakers, I'm getting a sponsorship with DoorDash and having Matt Ryan as the spokesperson. Let's go, Lakers. You know, Matt Ryan didn't shoot all that well in this game. He was three for nine, including that big three. But you know what? He made the shot that can't, that mattered, right? And and let's give credit to Austin Reeves. What a fantastic pass by Austin Reeves to hit Matt Ryan right, uh, right on the money. I mean, all the way across the court. Perfect pass by HBK to get that uh, get that ball over to Matt Ryan, and then he knocked in the three. I love that Matt Ryan, and you go back and you look at it again, he looks down and looks at his toes to make sure he's behind the three-point line. Just a quick glance before going up and shooting that three. It was just a phenomenal play. That's a play that he will never, ever forget, and I think Lakers fans are going to remember that one for a long time as well. What a big moment for him and a big moment for the Lakers. Uh, Koa said, LeBron did not look right tonight. He seemed slower than usual and had no lift. He looked sick and injured tonight. Yeah, his foot, so early on in the game, he went out because his foot was bugging him. He took off a shoe while I was getting adjusted. Had that uh, happen a couple of times during the game. The announce crew, uh, Billy Mack mentioned, Bill McDonald uh, mentioned maybe he was feeling a little under the weather, something like that going on. I saw that, that kind of commentary going around. I don't know exactly what was going on with LeBron, but I agree. He did not look right, did not look like himself. I don't know if it was the foot. I don't know if it was illness, maybe a little bit of both, but he found a way to gut it out um, and made some big plays down the stretch uh, for the Lakers. So that was good to see from him. Found a way to get the win. Senpai, LeBron needs to be better coming from a bronze stand. That being said, I'd like to see us pursue a Beverly and none for Rogier deal, get a shooting. You know what? I think that was, and again, if, if this is a foot issue for LeBron, if this is an illness thing with him, I'm going to chalk it up to that because he really looked like, this didn't look like, oh my gosh, LeBron is old. That's not really what we saw. This was something's wrong with LeBron. I think that's what we were seeing out there on the floor. Obviously not enough to keep him off the court, but it was enough to diminish what he was able to do out there. You could tell something wasn't right. So I don't know if this is just, oh, LeBron didn't play well enough. I think this was a... There's something going on with with LeBron, and I'm curious to see what we hear post game. Uh, Bev and Nunn for Rozier. I don't, I, I don't hate that idea. You know, I'll be honest. I was, I was not a fan of Patrick Beverly going back in the game uh, late, and Darvin Ham proved me wrong. Patrick Beverly proved me wrong. He made big plays defensively when the team needed it. Um, I know a lot of people have been putting him into trades and things like that, and and rightfully so. Look, Patrick Beverly has not been great 
for the Lakers this season. Now, he does have value in the locker room, and those things matter uh, for sure. But on the floor, we haven't seen a lot of great play from Patrick Beverly so far. Patrick Beverly defensively in the at the end of the fourth quarter and then in overtime, he was great. He made fantastic plays. He made game-winning plays. He got big rebounds, turnovers, all kinds of stuff that he was able to do. He was a disruptor. Patrick Beverly did a great job finishing, and I was dead wrong to question why he should go back in, into that game. I didn't think that was the move, and it turned out he made the plays that helped win this game for the Lakers. So that was great to see. But that said, get a shooting. You know, I think that's the big takeaway, right? We saw like at the end of the second quarter, the big takeaway from this team's offense is, my gosh, this team can be fun when they're hitting shots. When this team has so many guys who can get into the paint and wreak havoc there, that when they're kicking out to players who knock down the shots, basketball becomes easy. And it becomes a lot of fun to watch. And so I think you're not wrong there, Senpai, as far as looking at this and saying, my gosh, give this team shooting. This team looks really good when they do knock down shots. Uh, finish the game 28% from three. That's not quite good enough. And I think this team has shown enough to say, you know what? You go out there, you bring in a little bit of shooting. Maybe you bring in another big. You could have something here. But the question becomes, how do you do it? Is it still a Russell Westbrook trade? Is it something else? That's going to be a question for Rob Palenka. And again, we're still early. Chris V, the stagnant LBJ ISOs in crunch time have to stop. Look, Chris, I'm, I'm with you. They drive me crazy. I don't like the run-out-the-clock, ISO, kill-time offense. And that's not just a Lakers thing. That's an around-the-NBA thing where you see teams, they're so desperate to have the ball in the hands of their best player that they don't want to run anything for fear that what's going to happen is, for example, with the Lakers, LeBron will pass the ball, and then the ball will never get back to him to actually take the shot. And so that's why you see a lot of teams just go ISO, but... I'm in agreement. I would prefer to see a team do the stuff that got you there. Run your offense and trust that you're going to make the right plays out of it. That's what I would prefer. But for you know what? We see teams do this. It's not just a Lakers thing. It's frustrating for me too, but obviously there's a lot of very smart coaches who do it. They must have a reason. But Chris, I, I agree. I would like to see them run the offense and not just go ISO to finish games. Uh, Kyle Hampton, whew, we won. I'll die five years sooner, but we won. Kyle, I am with you. I was on pins and needles at the end there. I was so frustrated. I was upset. Thank goodness I was in a live broadcast situation because had I not been, some some choice words would have been coming out of out of my mouth. And uh, yeah, I, I think I probably would have woken my daughter up with, uh, with the yelling if I wasn't in my studio for this one. So thank goodness we were doing our live playback stream of the game that was a blast by the way to have everybody with us and i could say it helped my stress level a little bit to actually have to talk through the game as it was as it was occurring but that was ooh, a stressful one davis painter we got to get better shots at the end of the game yeah agreed uh i thought the offense was the offense slowing down at the end of the third was what really cost them you saw a big run from the Pelicans at the end of the, end of the third. I was talking about it mid-game, saying that the final three minutes or so of the third were going to be extremely important, that if the Lakers managed to keep the lead at double digits, um, that would be a big, big boost for them going into the fourth. If they let the Pelicans make a run, they were going to be in trouble. And that's exactly what happened. The Pelicans made a run, and a lot of that run came on the back of the Lakers just missing shots, not generating good offense, and that allowing the Pelicans to get out in transition and then score easy buckets. 
it was a big problem at the end of the third for the Lakers. That's a that's a section of the game I would expect Darvin Ham to go back into and look and see what was the lineup out there. What was it that wasn't working? Was this just we missed good looks or we were not generating good looks? What happened here? And then through the fourth quarter, you saw the LeBron and bench unit got stuck on the floor for a long time. And there weren't any stoppages in play, even when AD and Russ were trying to sub back on. That was also a problem that the Lakers had to deal with uh, late in the game where they got stuck with a bench unit on the floor for way too long. Lords of the Sky, Matt Ryan said, Kobe, man, that was it was reminiscent of, obviously the stakes weren't as high, but it's reminiscent of AD shooting that, that three uh, to win the game against the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs a couple of years ago. That was, I mean... Just an absolutely incredible, incredible shot from Matt Ryan. Man, big, big moment for him to knock that down. Dante, I told y'all about Matt Ryan. Side note, you're all going to mention age, his age, but drop Jones and get Dwight Howard. He's far better than him. Well, Damian Jones didn't even play in this game, uh, but maybe that's more of an indictment on Damian Jones than anything else. When you're going up against Jonas Valanciunas, who's this big physical player, and Damian Jones doesn't even get any minutes. But when are you going to play him then? Right? Like, you're not going to play Damian Jones against a smaller, say, three-point shooting big. That's not really going to be his bread and butter. So if you're not using Damian Jones against Jonas Valanciunas, when does he play? Maybe the answer is he doesn't. Kendrick Nunn didn't play this one either, and we'll talk about that. But... I don't know that Dwight Howard is the the answer here or a Boogie Cousins or somebody like that. And the problem is that Damian Jones actually has a player option for next year. So he's got guaranteed money this year plus a player option for next year. So do you really want to pay luxury taxes on him and have him sitting on the books for two years now? Probably not. So I don't think they're going to just drop him. Uh, if he was a non-guaranteed deal, maybe. But even then, I think it's a little bit early for that. The Lakers, though, because of the contract, they're in a spot where they kind of have to see if they can get him to work through this. Uh, Cole, thank you, Dyson Daniels. That's our rook. Thank you indeed, Dyson Daniels. Matt Ryan's heroics were made possible by Dyson Daniels missing two free throws with 1.8, I believe, on the clock, something like that. And that set up Matt Ryan for the game-tying three to give them that look. Lonnie Walker had a an opportunity to tie the game from three, missed it. Lakers fouled Dyson Daniels. He goes down. Misses both free throws. Lakers call timeout. Drew up that fantastic play. Got Matt Ryan a look. He knocks it down. The rest is history. Lakers win in overtime. Alan Tran. LeBron needs to buy Ryan a new car and house ASAP. LeBron can afford it, but man, a car and a house? Houses in California are expensive, man. I won't disagree, though. LeBron's a billionaire. He can afford it. Uh, T-Lon said... Bronze bad shot selection almost blew the game for us, to be honest, but great win. Yeah, there were a few rough looks for LeBron. I was towards the end of the game. I was saying, you got to take this to the basket. You got to get something going to the rim. And LeBron was settling for jumpers. Although I do wonder how much of it was. He just didn't have the lift. There was a play um, in the, I believe it was in overtime where LeBron just asked Austin Reeves to go and run pick and roll because he just didn't. You could see he didn't want to have to create everything in that moment, which begs the question, should the Lakers have gone back to Russell Westbrook? I thought Russ played well. He did have a lot of turnovers, six turnovers. Uh, one of them was not, at least one of them was not his fault, where Troy Brown Jr. just did, was not ready for the pass. 
And so it wound up being a turnover on Russ, but it was it was Brown Jr.'s fault. But overall, I thought Russ played well in this game. Interesting to see what Russ says after the game because the Lakers won, but Russ probably should have got some more minutes there. Uh, J-Dog, LeBron going to that step back three too much. Yeah, I wonder how much of it was just that was what he had in the tank in that moment was the step back three. I'm seeing somebody in the chat mentioning clutch rebounding. Yeah, the rebounding was absolutely fantastic from the Lakers in this one. Um, they did a great job getting really big boards down the stretch. That was important. Esham, two wins in a row. Can you believe it? It's a Lakers winning streak. Feels like it's been a long time since we've been able to say that. Do we have a ticker tape parade or hire those mini micro drones that fly around and spell out congratulations and make designs? I know you're being facetious, but... Doesn't it feel good? Yeah, that feels good to, to say the Lakers had a winning streak. Now, that game, that game isn't like a feel good. You know, the Pelicans were missing Brandon Ingram. They were missing Herb Jones. So there's some stuff, some pretty important pieces missing from that team. Um, that said, the Lakers also didn't have a full strength LeBron. Clearly, Anthony Davis was questionable to start the game. But the Lakers were a lot closer to full strength than the Pelicans. Like, if the Lakers came out and beat this Pelicans team by... 10 or something, you know, they were up what 12 or so with uh, three minutes to go in the third. If the Lakers had won by double digits, it would be a little bit more. Okay. They've got something here. It's a little bit concerning that they let, let the Pelicans back into the game. But again, a win is a win. We'll take it. I'm not going to complain too much about that, especially with LeBron clearly not looking right in this one. Uh, what a shot by Matt Ryan express. I like it. Kyle says, here's $2 to add to Matt Ryan's salary with the super chat. There we go. We'll, we'll make sure he gets, gets a hold of it. Let's go. The moment I gave up, here comes Ryan. Yeah. Matt Ryan saves the day. Again, I, I bet there are a lot of fans around there around the world that turned off this game. A lot of people turned off this game in disgust and the Lakers won and they're going to be looking at the score and they're going to be shocked. Kegels, bagels, Matt Ryan channeling the inner Danny Green. Now, he's not talking about Danny Green in game five of the finals. Most people think of that shot Danny Green took. He's going all the way back to the beginning of that 2019-2020 season, game that went to OT against Dallas. Danny Green popping open in that same corner uh, and knocking in a three. Dwight Howard set a moving screen to free up Danny Green, but shh. We won't, we won't worry about that right now. Danny Green hit the three, set the game in OT, and then got the Lakers the win in that one. But yeah, it was similar in some ways. Although Danny Green's was a spot up. Matt Ryan's shot was on the move a bit. Best Matt Ryan in sports. Oh my goodness. That's it. Matt Ryan, quarterback for the Colts, lost his starting job. Our Matt Ryan hit a three to send the game into overtime on the fly. Christian, Matt Ryan kept my receipts. Changing my tune. More Matt Ryan threes and less LeBron threes. You know, the Lakers drew up a lot of stuff for Matt Ryan, especially coming out of timeouts, to get him looks. And we questioned it during the game. We said, why are we drawing up so much for Matt Ryan when he's not coming through? He was one for seven from three at one point. Finishes three for nine, so made his last two. Made him count. Rewarded the Lakers, I guess, for... Uh, uh, for, for having that belief in him and continuing to draw up plays to get him looks. Uh, Luis says, why was Bev in the game over Russ? Glad we won, but damn, that decision was too close. 
we saw it on the defensive end. You saw what, what Patrick Beverly did. I had the same question. I had the same question, and I didn't know if it needed to be Troy Brown Jr. or Russ or who. I felt like LeBron was struggling, and you probably could have used a little bit of something from Russ. And I, I thought Russ, man, he looked explosive. There were a couple of times where he got to the rim, I mean, in the blink of an eye. There was a play where he made Zion look slow. And Zion, I mean, for his size, Zion is quick, and Russ was just past him. No problem. Um, there were moments where I found myself thinking, this game could use Russ right now. Just somebody just to attack and get to the basket and go. And uh, and look, Darvin didn't go that route. I can't complain too much because they got the result. They got the win, and Pat made big plays. He did. He came up with a big rebound. I uh, was able to, uh, to get a turnover on a play that looked like it was dead. Pat was able to get a steal. It was an Jose Alvarado-style steal. Uh, he made big plays defensively. I thought his defense was really good on C.J. McCollum. Look, the Lakers needed stops. They called Pat's numbers, and he was successful. So I, I can't can't complain. It wasn't the move I would have made, but credit to Pat. He got it done. Jade Nar said, with added shooting, AD and Braun uh, probably get better too. Agreed. There is, there is a domino effect here where... If you have better shooting, that opens things up more for AD. That opens things up more for LeBron. You saw how much the Pelicans were packing the paint at multiple points in this game, making it tough to try to get the ball to AD in the middle. And um, if you add shooting around them, that becomes a lot more difficult to do. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Frank says, hey, Trevor, not a Westbrook fan at all, but I do like him off the bench. Who else would you trade to help the team beside Russ? You know, we talked about this on one of our shows recently that it's interesting how after one good game, the Denver game, um, Russ, and I thought Russ actually looked good off the bench in the previous game against the Wolves, wasn't super efficient, but I noticed a difference. And we talked about that. Um, but after the Denver game, I had a, the, the tune from Lakers fans changed immediately. I had so many different fans saying, how can we do a trade without including Russ? Because the thought was maybe Darvin Ham found something. And I'll tell you what, Russ didn't make the big plays down the stretch in this game. What he did will not stand out to people in that way, right? When we look back on this game, people are going to remember Matt Ryan's big shot. People might remember the Lakers defense down the stretch. Russell Westbrook, what he did in this game, isn't necessarily something that's going to jump out but I thought this was another very good Russ performance. I thought there were moments where Russ's explosiveness changed the game. Russ's ability 
to get to the rim gave the Lakers winning opportunities. And he was fantastic. Again, 25 minutes for Russ. Finishes 13 points, 7 boards, 9 assists, uh, 6 of 10 shooting, knocked in a 3, 1 of 4 from 3. Um, again, the six turnovers, they weren't all his fault. There were a few where he he, made, he did make a few Russell Westbrook turnovers. There's no question. But I thought that he played well. I'm curious what he's thinking after this game. Is he upset that he didn't go in at the end? Or is he happy that they won? I think that's an important question to ask. The answer should be the latter. If it's the former, that's a problem. But I do think he has a, a legit gripe. He probably should have gotten more of an opportunity. But... If we're just keeping a scorecard here, Darvin Ham unlocking Russell Westbrook by bringing him off the bench. Darvin Ham figuring out a way to make it work. Uh, this is three games on my scorecard now in a row where we could say, check, yep, did it in this game. Now, again, three games does not mean that everything is now perfect and everything's good and there's no problems and everything's going to be smooth sailing. But... Three games of Russ off the bench. Three games that I think have been successful for Russell Westbrook where he has been a positive for this team. Got to give him credit. Have to. Uh, Sola, Matt DoorDash Ryan because he always delivers. Should I mean, Matt Ryan worked in a cemetery. The Lakers play at the Crypt. I mean, the Crypt Keeper? Or is DoorDash better? I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. Bronze. Oh, okay. I already got that one. Bronze shot selection. Let me see what else we've got going on here. Uh, James Lopez. Westbrook is the star of the night, even though bad third quarter. You know, I didn't even think he was he was that bad in the third quarter. I thought, uh, thought overall he's pretty good. But that does remind me. Let's get into the first of our awards. Let's get into the superstar of the night. Superstar of the night. Okay, so superstar of the night uh, is given to the star level player that we think had the best performance. Here's our options. We got Anthony Davis, 20 points, 16 rebounds. Man, big rebounding game from him. Four assists, one steal, four blocks, 37 minutes played. LeBron, 20 points, 10 boards, eight assists, two blocks. Russell Westbrook, 13 points, seven boards, nine assists. You know what? Based on the first half, I thought it was going to be Russ. In fact, I did say that Russ was my superstar of the night for the first half. But I'm going to give it to AD. Uh, he played a lot more minutes. And coming off of a questionable tag due to his back injury, he was a monster. Again, 16 big rebounds for Anthony Davis was a major factor in this game. A big part of why the Lakers actually won the rebounding battle. Not an area where they win very often, but they won the rebounding battle plus four assists, the four blocks. He was a monster defensively, making all kinds of plays in there, and the 20 points. Anthony Davis is getting my superstar of the night in this one. Carlos, Russ had his turnovers, but was still having a great game. No idea why he got benched, though. Uh, nonetheless, we got the win. Give Russ his flowers. Absolutely. I thought Russ played, played very well. I liked what we saw from him, and the more we see this, the more optimistic we can get about him moving forward. Uh, tonight shows how much we are better we are than the 21-22 team. Yes, I think that's a good point. I think that's a good point. The 21-22 team, if they were up, 2021-2022, just to be clear, um, if they were up 
14 or whatever in the third quarter. And they blew that lead. And next thing you know, it's what was it, a one-point lead or something heading, maybe a three-point lead hanging into the fourth. They're not winning that game. We saw it so many times. They're not winning that game. Maybe it was a bit lucky for the Lakers to win this game. Um, I think it's fair to say, but I can also say it's probably a five to eight point Pelicans win if we're talking about last year's team. This year's team found a way to fight back, to make the plays they needed to. And then again, maybe, you know, they were a bit fortunate. Dyson Dan- if Dyson Daniels makes one free throw, this is a loss and we're, we're talking very differently right now, but he doesn't. But then when they got to overtime, they did the things they needed to do in order to win the game. And I don't know if I would, would have trusted last year's team to do that. So I agree. This this year's team is better than last year's team. Um, you look at the record, you go two and six. That's still not very good. I'm still believing that's a small sample size. Uh, the shooting ultimately will come around a little bit. They still need more. But I think it's fair to say this year's team is better than last year's team. Lar- low bar to clear, no question, but still. Uh, Brian, Patrick Beverly played excellent defense on CJ. Yeah, I'd have to imagine, and we'll see what Darvin Ham says after the game, but I would have to imagine Darvin was looking at the situation where CJ McCollum was really tearing the Lakers up. They were getting into those little handoff actions right at the top of the key with Zion and, and CJ McCollum, which is really tricky to deal with. And Pat did a really great job. Austin was struggling with it. Uh, Lonnie Walker was struggling. Everybody was struggling with figuring out how to contain that. And Pat took care of it. Pat did a great job defensively on CJ McCollum. And again, you could argue maybe they don't win this game without Pat's defense down the stretch. John, Darvin Ham almost cost us the game by putting back Russ and AD late in the fourth and going with Bev instead of Russ towards the end. See, I actually thought Pat made some really good defensive plays in the moment. I agreed with you. In the moment, when it happened, I went, uh-oh, why is Patrick Beverly on the floor right now? But Pat made big plays. I want to give him credit. Pat made big plays, defensive stops, rebounds, all of that. So I don't see that as Darvin Ham almost costing them the game. I think Pat did exactly what Darvin Ham was hoping he would do. And so credit to him for that. Mike E said credit to Ham for that play and to Matt Ryan for trusting him with that shot. Miss and everyone is ripping them both. I like that a lot from Ham. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I talked about this um, just a few minutes ago that the Lakers ran a lot of out-of-timeout plays designed to get Matt Ryan looks from three. Clearly, they believe in him and his ability to shoot, but he was one of seven from three. And it, that belief didn't look like it was paying off. And then he hits the final two threes that he takes, including the one to save send in overtime. And you're right. I think that's a great point that Mike makes here that, If that play, let's say Matt Ryan misses or his shot gets blocked there. There's all kinds of questions about why did Darvin Ham go to Matt Ryan? You really, you have LeBron James and you went to Matt Ryan. Like that would be a talking point. People would be saying that. And Matt Ryan made a hell of a shot and Darvin Ham was, was proven correct. He was rewarded for his faith in Matt Ryan. Great shot. And great play call. You're right. That was a great play by Darvin Ham to get him that look. Ricardo, here's another one. Switched off the game when Lonnie missed the three. Was upset for 20 minutes, then found out they won. LOL. Feels great, but angry at myself at the same time. Ricardo, I know. Go back. Watch the highlights. It's worth it. It's frustrating. I mean, look, I understand it. I understand it. I can't say 
if I wasn't covering the team that I for sure would have kept the game on either. I probably would have been angry and flipped it off and discussed too. But there's a reason why sometimes you got to watch all the way to the end. Most of the time it doesn't pay off. It just equates to more pain. But every once in a while, you're treated to something great. And tonight was one of those nights. Always winning. Russ, sixth man of the year award. Number 18 chip, finals MVP, all on Russ if it gets that far. Man, that would be an amazing story. I Look, it's a leap. But here's the thing. If Russ plays this way off the bench for the entire season, he is absolutely in the mix, if not the favorite for sixth man. Has to be. Has to be. If he continues, if this takes place, Lakers don't make a trade. He plays this way for the entire season. 100%. He could win six man. Again, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here or anything too much. I'm saying if, and it's been three games of Russ off the bench. It's been good. I don't want to assume that it's always going to look that way. But so far, Russ has been very good off the bench and he should absolutely be in the running for six man if this is what continues. Uh, Parth, not pretty, but offsets the Portland game. They should have won. Sure. If you look at it that way, they should have won against Portland. Absolutely. Um, and now they get a win in a game where they almost choked it away. DeAndre, why do we never isolate AD and post him during crunch time? Bad execution down the stretch almost cost the game. I was hoping for AD to get more of a touch as well. The, part of the problem is, so if you look at the way NBA rules have changed, it's much more difficult to throw the ball into the post than it used to be because the way defenses can now front, they can um, they can front the post, and then you can have another player double from the other side. So that's a big factor in this. Um, if you go back and you watch a game from like the Shaq era, it was hit the ball to the wing, entry pass to the post, go to work from there. But you weren't doubling the post off ball. The, the rules are different. And so it's not just that this era doesn't have the dominant bigs that we saw, the traditional back-to-the-basket bigs that we saw in previous generations. It's not just that. It's that it's just it's more difficult to throw an entry pass into the post than it used to be. And so I think that's part of it. That's part of why. But I agree. I was I was hoping that AD would get some more touches in the paint. I was preferring that over LeBron settling for step-back 20-footers. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. Question says, love LeBron, but I'm trying to close out the game instead of involving the other players. Almost cost us the game. Uh, Matty Ice saved the day. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, look, again, I, I'm giving LeBron the benefit of the doubt here. He clearly wasn't right. But that said, if LeBron isn't right, that begs the question, well, then why don't you run something and get AD a touch earlier in the shot clock and let him go to work or run something that's going to put you know, let Austin Reeves handle the ball and pick and roll, something like that. Or heck, put Russ onto the floor. Let him attack if LeBron doesn't have it. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's LeBron James. It's if you're Darvin Ham and you've got LeBron James on your team, even if he's on one leg, I mean, it's hard not to give him the ball. Because he is LeBron and he's great. I love LeBron and all. But he's not contributing to winning basketball games. He had a double-double today, but 9 for 23 and 0 of 7 for 3. Sluggish defensively and no effort on help defense. Again, I want to see what we saw after the what gets said after the game. I don't think this was necessarily LeBron not putting in effort. I don't think this was necessarily LeBron being old. I think that this was, there's something off with LeBron. And maybe it's his foot. Maybe it's um, illness. I want to hear what's said after the game about that. 
Hulk says, don't mean to be that guy, but Braun was terrible. Yeah, he was not. He's not great. Uh, but again, I, I think there was something more going on here than just LeBron's making mistakes or playing poorly. Uh, Courtney, Braun was fronting Zion all night. Sure, that takes energy. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it does. And you know what? Zion, uh, in the second half, he was going right at LeBron, and LeBron wasn't able to stop him. Wenyan got switched over onto him. Wenyan couldn't stop him. I thought Wenyan got a couple of bad calls against him. Uh, one time he blocked Zion. Refs called a foul. Don't think it was. Another time he stole the ball from Zion. Refs called a foul. Didn't think it was. That was tough because you had a couple of stops that Wenyan got. But nonetheless, LeBron couldn't stop Zion. Wenyan wasn't able to stop Zion. Um, those were some rough moments for sure. Daniel, so cool to see Russ finally buy in and succeed. It's really fun to see a team that plays together consistently. Also appreciate you guys. Well, thank you, uh, Daniel. Really do appreciate that. Thank you for the kind words. Uh, Russ buying in and succeeding. It's fun, isn't it? It's so, you know, like we've spent, we spent all summer talking about whether or not Darvin Ham can get Russell Westbrook to fit. Talking about what trades are out there for the Lakers to, to use to get Russell Westbrook off the roster? What can you bring in? And look, that may still be what it comes down to, right? It may still be the Lakers get to a point where they need shooting, they need another big, and the only way to get there is to trade Russell Westbrook, and that's what we see happen. Maybe. Maybe that happens. But I've been saying it since last year. People have been getting on us for, you know, the, the Russ stands and everything has been getting on us for, criticizing Russ too much or, or whatever. Well, he wasn't playing well. This is what we wanted all along, right? Like, this is the story we've been wanting to tell. A redemption story for Russ in LA playing well and helping the Lakers win some damn basketball games, right? That's what we've been wanting for over a year now. And it feels really good to be able to come into a post-game show and say, man, Russ looks good. Man, Russ is successful. He's finding ways to help the team win. That's infinitely more enjoyable to have that discussion than over and over again. How can the Lakers win despite Russ? How can the Lakers, should the Lakers send him home? All that kind of stuff. I would much rather be having the conversation we are right now about how good Russ, Russ looked. I hope it keeps going. I hope this keeps going and we see this version of Russell Westbrook and him in this role for the entire season. And I hope he wins six man because this is big, not just for the Lakers. This is big for Russ. This could be something that, and not could be, this will be something that prolongs his career. I mean, we were talking just a week and a half ago about whether or not Russell Westbrook would get another contract or if the Lakers do trade him and he gets waived, would anyone pick him up? The answer is now yes. Now that we're seeing this. And that's fantastic. I, I love, I love, love, love what we're seeing out of, out of Russ right now. And I love being able to say that he's been great. Rocky, LeBron almost lost the game twice. Uh, Orlando said, Matt Ryan is more clutch than Matt Ryan. Yes, more clutch than football player Matt Ryan. Matty Ice. Matty Ice indeed. Matt Ryan gets the super max this summer. Well, Matt Ryan's max is not the same as other maxes, but I get it. Best Matt Ryan in pro sports currently, says Parth. All right, let's get into our next award of the night. Let's do our star in your role award. Star in your role. 
Okay, star in your role. So the other guy, right? Not LeBron, not Russ, not AD. One of the role players who stepped up the most. We've got, again, pleased to say, we've got multiple candidates here. Lonnie Walker, 28 points, three boards, one steal, one block, nine of 17 shooting, five of nine from deep, led the Lakers in three-point shooting in this one. Uh, Matt Ryan, 11 points, three of nine from three. And then we also have Troy Brown Jr., 15 points, 10 boards, and uh, one for three from deep. I thought Troy Brown Jr. played very, very well in this game as well. Really, for me, though, it's going to come down to Matt Ryan or Lonnie Walker. And here's the, the problem that I've got. Lonnie Walker played 40 minutes, tied for a team high 40 minutes, put up 28 points, high score on the team, scored more points than anybody else on the team, absolutely impacted winning. And yet Matt Ryan made a career-defining three-point shot. The biggest moment of his career to this point. And the Lakers ultimately win because he was able to hit that crazy falling-out-of-bounds three from the corner. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan because he's the, the man of the hour and he made that big shot and it was such a huge moment. But what Lonnie Walker did tonight was absolutely phenomenal as well. And I, I kind of feel like if you want to tell me, no, it absolutely has to be. Like if Matt Ryan... If the Lakers were just tied going into overtime and it wasn't a buzzer-beating three for Matt Ryan that got you there, this award's going to Lonnie Walker. No question. But it was such a big moment. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan, but Lonnie Walker deserves a ton of praise. Uh, Jarrett Nunez, AR-15 should start instead of Beverly. Uh, Ham needs to try bigger lineups. You know, I do like Austin Reeves in the starting lineup in place of Patrick Beverly. Again, I thought Pat was good down the stretch, but there were other moments in the game where I just went, Pat just doesn't have enough on the offensive end. His three-point shot hasn't been falling, and with that being the case, he doesn't offer you a lot on the offensive end of the floor. He made game-winning plays down the stretch, and that's important, but I think Austin Reeves can also make game-winning plays, and he did in this one. And I think he gives you a lot more um, oomph on the offensive end. So I'm, I'm in agreement. I would try Austin Reeves in that group. Uh, oh, I got that one already about the Danny Green impression. Sean Tate, looks like Lonnie at $6.5 million is a steal. Who knew? I mean, look, this is why you got to play the game. A lot of people, and it's not, it wasn't just us, but a lot of people around the NBA were, you know, concerned about why did the Lakers give their full taxpayer mid-level to Lonnie Walker? He's had some really good games so far. I mean, we were even questioning where Lonnie Walker fits into the rotation. Um, can he get minutes ahead of guys like Kendrick Nunn? Kendrick Nunn didn't play at all this game. Did not play. Coach's decision. And uh, and Lonnie was fantastic. You know, I'm not expecting Lonnie to put up 28 points every night, but if he's able to, to give you this kind of scoring punch, he is indeed a steal. And this is I don't want to go too negative here, but this is the downside. On a one-year deal, you will not have bird rights to keep Lonnie Walker after this season. It's a Malik Monk situation all over again, in theory, um, unless you want to spend some of your cap space next year on him if the Lakers do have cap space. We'll find out. Depends on if they make a trade or not. Miguel Zambrano. One of the things I definitely didn't see coming was none falling out of the rotation. With Dennis coming back, I could see none being the odd guard out via trade, need a big or a wing. Yeah, Kendrick Nunn, 
um, not being part of the rotation, especially after seeing the way he started preseason is a big surprise. But, you know, we talked about this on the live stream. None not playing has led to the Lakers winning. I'm, I'm not saying Kendrick Nunn being on the bench is what created the win for the Lakers, but the lineups that have been winning have not included Kendrick Nunn. And so if you're Darvin Ham, you have to continue sticking with this. I think Kendrick Nunn will get his opportunities still. Um, it's a very long season. There's going to be moments where he's going to be asked to come in and do things. But right now, if you're Darvin Ham, you have to stick with what's working. And what's working is Kendrick Nunn not really playing for the Lakers. Other guys have just been ahead of him. Florence said the Colts benched Matt Ryan last week for a crucial for the crucial three. 37, Matt Ryan, a.k.a. Matty Coldbrew. Matty Ice. Yep. E.G., if Westbrook keeps this up, they should keep him. You know what? And that's the thing with Russ, right? If you're the Lakers, if you're Rob Palenka, and you go into trade negotiations, and you're getting this version of Russell Westbrook, and you're winning games every now and then, and the Pacers say, give us both firsts, unprotected, because you're desperate, you have to make a trade, you can honestly look them in the face and you can say, no, I don't. Because Russ is finding it. Because Darvin Ham unlocked Russ. Russ is getting it done. That's the, that's, as much as we, this is a feel-good situation for Russ, and again, I hope it keeps going, as much as it's helping the Lakers win games, it also helps them in negotiations for any kind of a move because other teams around the NBA have been seeing the Lakers as desperate. And if Russ is playing well, and they're winning games, and he's accepted this bench roll, the Lakers aren't nearly as desperate to get something done. It gives them back tons of leverage in negotiations, and maybe they still pull a trade. We'll see. We'll see. But if Russ is able to do this from here on out, you might not have to, or you might not have to do a trade involving him. Uh, Aaron said team would be better if we traded none and Beverly for a piece than do the Pacers trade. This is not a drill. We have a shot. There is parody. Got to capitalize. Yeah. I've had a lot of fans who have echoed, echoed those sentiments, put nuns expiring contract, 5 million and change and Patrick Beverly's 13 million expiring together and go do that move. Go find something there. Again, I think it's early. This is part of why the Lakers and a lot of teams want to wait for 20, 25 games, if not more before they make a trade. Cause they want to find out what they've really got. Um, imagine if coming off of the Blazers game, the Lakers just pulled the trigger on a Indiana trade and you give up both your first unprotected and we didn't get this opportunity to see Russ in the bench roll. In some ways, this is, and look, I understand why fans wanted something to get done and why it didn't look like it was going to work and all of that. Trust me, it didn't. There was no reason to predict that it would, that it would work. And I still don't know that it will long-term, which again, three games, but in some way, if the longer this looks good with Russ off the bench, the more vindication Rob Palenka and the Lakers are going to receive for being patient. Uh, B, the G said, LeBron took way too many stupid shots tonight. Look, again, it felt like LeBron was playing on one leg out there. Jarrett Nunez, AD lost around the rim. Try bigger lineups. Beverly and Nunn. And a second for Turner. I think you're probably going to have to give a first to get Turner. But I think that does, uh, Jared, I agree with you that the Lakers need more bigs. 
you know, heading into the season, we didn't think that would be the case. We thought Damian Jones, Thomas Bryant, and maybe Thomas Bryant coming back changes the equation. I don't know. Um, I didn't see a lot in preseason that made me think that was going to be the case, but we thought, okay, the big rotation for the Lakers is going to be just fine. Thomas Bryant, Damian Jones, those guys are serviceable. You're going to be all right. And now it feels a lot less certain, and it feels like the Lakers do need another big. Like if AD is out right now, like let's say if AD doesn't play in a game, how much LeBron at center are we going to see? A lot, I'd imagine. And I don't think that's ideal. I don't think that's ideal. You know, I look at what a lot of NFL teams did um, at the trade deadline. You look at the Bills. They looked at their running back situation and went, uh, if something happens to De- Devin Singletary and we're in the playoffs, our running backs are Zach Moss and James Cook. That's not going to be good enough. They went and got Naheem Hines. Uh, the Dolphins went, if something happens in the playoffs to, Ro- to Raheem Mostert, our running back is Chase Edmonds and he doesn't really fit with our schemes. We need to go do something else. And they went and got Jeff Wilson, who knows those schemes. Again, we saw this is a, the argument is similar for the Lakers big situation. If Anthony Davis goes down, what do you have at the center position right now? It's not a lot. What if AD even just needs a night off? You, you're kind of up against it. So I think when we do look at trade options, it makes even more sense. Look, they need shooting for sure, but they also need a big um, who can kind of fill in for AD when need be. Because right now, Things get rough pretty quick, and I worry that the go-to will be a lot of LeBron at the five if something goes on with AD where he needs a night off or whatever happens. Knock on wood. Hopefully AD's fine the entire rest of the season. But Here's another comment. Praising Russ for accepting his role and seeing him thrive. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let me see what else we've got here. We do still have to do the master lock of the night. Miguel Zambrano said, personally, I feel like a Russ or Pat Bev trade ruins the chemistry of the team. A trade would need to include one or both of our bigs and none with some picks. So if you're looking at just expiring contracts in, say, Damian Jones, who's at a vet minimum, and Kendrick Nunn, so you're at like $7 million. That's what we're talking about there. And then a pick. That's the problem, though. Who are you going to go get that makes $7 million right around that range? That's that's the problem. Is you don't have enough salaries that you can stack up to go get somebody without including Pat or without including Russ. Now, if you want to start getting in towards including Lonnie Walker, but I don't think they're going to do that, then you could, in theory, stack up Lonnie Walker, $6 million and change. Nuns, $5 million and change. Then you're at eleven. Okay, that gets you a little further. But still, most of the guys that we would... Most of the guys that fans would look at and say, oh, the Lakers need to go get that guy. They're going to make 15 to 25 million, somewhere in there. It's going to be tough to find a guy that you think really fills a need and is playable and could go in and play major minutes for you. That's making 7 million bucks. That's not going to be easy. And so that's the challenge for Rob Palenka and for the Lakers front office. But, and then the, and the question is, what do you need the most? Is it shooting? Is it a big? Because I don't know that you can kill two birds with one stone there. Like, Miles Turner can occasionally shoot a three, but he's not a great three-point shooter. If you're not trading Russ, you could probably only get one of those things, a big or a shooter. 
I don't know that you can get both. Now, maybe that suggests that you go over and you call up Hassan Whiteside, you call up Dwight Howard, you call up Boogie Cousins, something like that, and you see if one of them can give you 10 minutes a night or something. Maybe you do go down that path. Um, Derek Favors, right? Give him a call. But for the time being, if you're if we're resigned to Russ is not going to be traded now, you're limited in what you can get in return because Russ's contract, it's not just it's not just they need to move Russ because the skill set or whatever, the size of his contract matters in terms of bringing back what you need. Uh, Rocky, if something was wrong with LeBron, give the ball up. Yeah, I'm not. Look, Rocky, I'm, I'm in agreement. Uh, if LeBron was hurting that bad, y- you let somebody else make the play. And, and again, I wouldn't have been upset with Russ going back in. Uh, this game proved we are one move away. Trade Westbrook for Buddy and Turner, and we're a contender. Role players look good. I think Russ has been good. I think it's fair to question, are Buddy and Turner better or more impactful than what Russ is bringing you right now? Now, you can say, is Russ going to bring this for you the entire season? I don't know. That's up in the air. I don't know. If he is... Well, you can make an argument, right? Either way, you could say Buddy Heald and Miles Turner would be more impactful, or you could say this version of Russ would be more impactful. I think Buddy Heald and Miles Turner's skill sets fit more what the Lakers need right now. And so you could certainly say that, but it's also been great seeing Russ do this. So I don't know. I don't know if you do that. Like, if it's costing you both first unprotected, if I'm the Lakers, I'm saying, eh. I'm not ready to pull the trigger on that, especially after what we've seen the last three games. But I do agree that the Lakers are not that far off. They're not that far off. So I do think they have to seriously look at their options out there and see what they can find. I just don't know if it's definitely still a rust trade. He's severe. Matty Ice and Stone Cold Reeves Austin came through. Russ is a force multiplier for good and bad, but when he's engaged, it's very fun to watch. He really can be. There were moments where he just, I mean, he was lightning quick. It's amazing. Uh, All right, let's get into our final award, as it were, of the night. Let's do the Master Lock of the Night. Here we go. Master Lock of the Night. Okay, so every night we take whatever we thought was the most annoying thing from that game and we put it into the master lock. Sometimes, unfortunately, it winds up being a Lakers player. I'm sure based on the response that we're seeing here, there's a lot of fans who would want LeBron to be put into the master lock. Um, I'm not going to go with the Laker because they won and I want to keep things as positive as I can here, Uh, but they won. So I'm not going to go master lock a, a Laker right now. The referees definitely drew my ire in this one because of what we saw. Um, some of the whistles against Wendy Gabriel, I didn't think were good. There were there were a few missed calls here in this game. In general, I haven't been, I haven't thought the officiating's been that good this season. And maybe it's just still early and it takes reps a while or whatever. Um, the technical foul on the bench, that was on Kendrick Nunn, I believe, for stepping onto the floor. I mean, that's the rule now, but still... I think the NBA is going a bit too far with that. But no, my master lock, it's going to go to Jose Alvarado, which this is to his credit. 
part of what makes him a fan favorite for the Pelicans. But stop hiding behind people to go steal the basketball. That's the Mar- Marcelo Huertas move. Come on, man. You're stealing a move from the catalyst. It was certainly annoying when it was happening during the game. Again, if he was a Laker, we would love it. But I'm putting the master lock on Jose Alvarado with an honorable mention to the officials in this one. Uh, should we get mellow just for shooting? What you'd probably have to, you'd have to waive somebody in order to do that. And the only non-guaranteed salary on your books is Wendy Gabriel, uh, Austin Reeves, and Matt Ryan. You're certainly not waving Matt Ryan after tonight. That would be cruel. Uh, Wendy Gabriel has filled in nicely in moments where Damian Jones hasn't been able to. Obviously, da- Wendy is clearly ahead of Damian Jones uh, for playing time right now. So you're not waving him. And you're definitely not waving Austin Reeves. That's easy. So the Lakers don't have a spot to go get mellow. They, they don't, unless you want to waive a guaranteed salary. And I don't think they want to do, do that because then you're still paying that contract through the remainder of the year. You're still paying the luxury taxes on that contract. I just can't see them doing that. Not that Mello is a bad suggestion or anything. A lot of people have been making that suggestion re- recently, but logistically, I'm just not sure how you do it. Now, if you do a two-for-one trade, to open up a spot that way, okay. I like this. Austin says 77-5, and five, so that's going to be the Lakers' record at the end of the season. They're not losing ever again. Uh, Lakers Nation, guys, always underrated. Lonnie's upside and clutch connection blinded them to think overpay when $6.5 million is greater value than Monk at $8.5 million. I can say this. It was not just us questioning that. It was a lot of people around the NBA. I'm talking about league personnel, everyone wondering what the heck the Lakers were doing, giving that money to Lonnie Walker. If you watch Lonnie Walker with the Spurs, you didn't see this version of Lonnie Walker. And that's not trying to take anything away from him. He's been great. Give him credit for stepping up. Give him credit for doing the things that he said he was going to show he can do. Um, But again, based on what we had seen, there wasn't necessarily a reason to predict that he would be able to do these things. So, I mean, yeah, like, don't get like, I am 100% glad to be wrong about Lonnie Walker. I hope this continues and I hope he's fantastic all the way through saying it was not, it was not outlandish for us to question why Lonnie Walker would get the money that he did. And uh, I can say it's awesome to be able to say that so far he has lived up to the expectations and then some, he's been great. All right, we'll do a few more. Jonathan T said, Bev had some key plays defensively and rebounds in key moments. It's not always about points. Well said. Well said. Avi B, any chance teams compete to unload uh, long-term money and get Russ? Sure. That's possible. That's possible. But uh, that's going to take the dust settling a little bit. And this is what Russ being successful allows the Lakers to do. It allows them to be a little bit more patient with things. But as the dust settles, as teams start to figure out who they really are, and they start to get into the Victor Wembanyama tank sweepstakes here, um, teams, you could have multiple teams saying, you know what? I'd really like to clear my books and lose more games. Let's trade for Russell Westbrook's big expiring because we can trade three. We can get rid of three long-term contracts or two long-term contracts, whatever it is in a deal. You could have multiple teams doing that, potentially. Um, it's also more likely you could have a team say, you know what, we'll we'll play Russ off our bench after seeing the success 
he's having with the Lakers. Again, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. It's three games. It's going to take a little while, but uh, this is what you need. This is what you're ideally hoping to see moving forward is what we've seen over the last three games. Nicholas Howard, Lakers need to keep Walker and Brown Jr. next season. I have bad news for you. Both of them are on one-year deals, and the Lakers do not have bird rights on either of them. Troy Brown Jr. is on a veteran minimum contract, which means you really can't give him, unless you have cap space or you want to spend your mid-level exception on him, you really can't give him very much. Can't offer him much of a raise at all off the veteran minimum. And Lonnie Walker, same story with the taxpayer mid-level of $6 million. If a team comes along, if the Lakers don't have cap space or whatever uh, to spend, and the team comes along and offers $15 million to Lonnie Walker, cap's going up. There's nothing the Lakers can do about it if they don't have cap space. Now, if they had his bird rights, if he had been a Laker for three seasons and they had bird rights, the Lakers could offer him whatever. They can go over the cap. That's why it's so important to get guys into your system on the right deal and have that be a longer-term deal. So assuming that's the right player, you can keep them. You can hang on to them. You can continue developing them. That's the way the NBA's whole system is set up. And the Lakers, by turning over their roster year after year after year, I put themselves in a situation where even if they do hit on some of these guys that they find, they can't keep them. We saw it with Malik Monk last year. It's hard to hang on to these guys. And so that's going to be a challenge for the Lakers. But I agree with you. Based on what we've seen right now, Lonnie Walker and Troy Brown Jr. should be keepers. How you go about doing that is not going to be easy. Jose Cruz said, I can't remember the last game-winning uh, shot by LeBron. Huge fan, but what's going on? Look Again, I know there's been a lot of LeBron negativity in this one. I still believe he's not quite right. I'm curious to see what the post-game, shows, uh, post-game videos say. In fact, uh, Daniel Starkan just sent me a text saying he's he, he was covering the game for us at the arena. Uh, he's sending me the video right now from LeBron's post-game, Darvin Ham's post-game, Anthony Davis's, and Russell Westbrook's. So I'll put those up on uh, the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Uh, in just a bit, I'll put some up probably tomorrow as well. All right, let's do one more before we call it a night. If I did not get to your Super Chat just yet, I will put it on tomorrow's show. Uh, we do appreciate all the Super Chats that have come in, as always. So, again, we'll put it on to tomorrow's show. We will get to them, even if I don't get to it uh, tonight. All right, let's go with this one. This team would be so good and and much fun to watch. If we had some legit shooters. Also, I didn't like when Ham played LeBron with the second unit, no score. Yeah, that was especially at the end of the third. We saw some problems there with LeBron kind of diminished and with him not able to create his own looks quite as easily. Things really got messy on the offensive end of the floor. Uh, yes, with, and with some shooters, this team could indeed be legit, but you got to find those shooters and you have to figure out what is it that you're willing to give in order to get them. You need some size of the big position. There's a lot of questions for the Lakers to answer. And some of them that I don't think you're quite ready to answer until we see more from this team and we have a very definitive idea of what they have and what they don't. All right. Let's end things there. I appreciate all of you for joining. Great Lakers win. Thank goodness they won that game. Thank you, Matty Ice, Matt Ryan. Big three. Send it into OT and ultimately... The Lakers get the W. Thank you to all of you for joining me live on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, again, make sure you're following along over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? 
What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.